Hello everyone and welcome to Ghost Turd Stories. I'm your host, Troy Gent. Ghost Turd Stories' mission is using humorous stories from veterans and first responders to reduce the burden of families whose veteran or first responder committed suicide. Ghost Turd Stories' vision is to use humor from veteran and first responder stories to prevent suicide within our ranks and reduce the burden of families whose veteran or first responder committed suicide. We hoped to attract veterans and first responders as well as those interested in knowing more about what it's like to be in our shoes while we wear or wore those shoes. Hello everyone. This is Troy Jent, your host and creator of Ghost Turd Stories. Today I've got a very special guest. He's a good friend of mine. He's a prayer service Marine and is now a firefighter. Welcome. How you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Thanks for being here. You've had some time to think about some of the questions that uh, I was going to ask you. So what's the dumbest thing you ever did while serving? Uh, maybe both as a Marine and a firefighter. Uh let me think. I mean, I, I've done a lot of dumb stuff, but one of the things that, that comes to mind, um, I'll, I'll paint the picture for you. So we were in Thailand, and I'm sure you remember the Cobra Gold exercises that we used to do with the Royal Thai Marines. And just to kind of start the background for you, so these these exercises that we do, are, are kind of a you show me yours, I'll show you mine type deal where we're showing them our state-of-the-art weaponry, such as, you know, our sniper rifles, uh, night vision goggles, our comm gear, things like that. And then they're showing us how to survive in the jungle. So we're making those traps. I'm sure you remember doing this where you're catching pythons and eating them. And yeah, I remember that. Time Marines are catching, they're catching cobras. Remember that where they they catch cobras in the middle of the jungle and and you'd chop their heads off and eat them and squeeze the the blood into the Thai whiskey. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, so it's it's kind of a cool deal, <clears throat> good uh, camaraderie with uh, different cultures. So good times. So we were we were out there uh, doing a bunch of training, and um, I'm sure you also remember Cinderella Liberty where. You got to be back at midnight. Midnight hits for a pumpkin. Yep, absolutely. You got to be back at midnight. So we've been doing a bunch of training and the guys are broke off. They want to go party. And if, if for those of you who have never been to Thailand, uh, on the Marine Corps dime or like, you know, as a, as a Marine, we're not making tons of money anyway, but the U S dollar goes a long way in Thailand. So for a young young Marine who's not getting paid much. You can, you can go big, you can party, you can be treated like a King out there for not much. So it's, it's, it's kind of a cool spot to go. So we had this elaborate plan to bypass the Cinderella Liberty, go, go big and, and go party. And so what we did was about 10 o'clock, you know, this kind of things are winding down. Guys are ready to rack out. We decided to, this was kind of my idea, but um, I took, had a bunch of the guys come with me and we set up our cots and put, made them look like there was people sleeping in them. So we had our packs. What was your uh, position at the time? 
So I was a, a scout sniper and a sergeant. So I had a sniper section with me, and that consists of uh, the snipers and the scouts. So we have the the hogs and the pigs. Um, the hogs are the hunters of gunmen. The pigs are like the guys that are kind of back in, in training. They haven't gone through sniper school yet. Um, so they're professionally instructed gunmen. So <clears throat> we decided to do a, a little night op and uh, bypass the Cinderella, Cinderella Liberty by setting little dummies in our cots. So we got our ponchos over our packs with like boots hanging out of the end with like a helmet. So it looks like there's somebody sleeping in the rack. Okay. But you know, obviously just a bunch <laughs> of clothes, right? So we go, we go hop on those little tuk tucks. You remember those little, little cab motorcycle deals? Yeah. Um, and we go out and we go party and, and uh, you know, just, just going nuts, you know, like as, as young Marines do going big partying. We're at those, those little bars with the, uh, they got like those kickboxing rings. You remember yeah, that? Yeah, they told us we couldn't. Uh, they told us we couldn't get in there because they were afraid someone was going to get a broken neck or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they got they got guys doing kickboxing, and there's bars all around it. And uh, I remember just playing like Connect Four. That was like their game out there. All the 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 girls at the bars were really good at Connect Four, and if if you beat them, they'd buy you a drink. And if they beat you, which nine times out of 10, they did, you'd buy them a drink and be like the most expensive drink. You know, it's like super expensive even for Thailand, you know? So, but that, that, it was just, it was cool. Like we'd go to Benihana and, and uh, be like 10 bucks for lobster, steak, you know, drinks, everything. And that's for like the table. So, like I said, dollar went a long way as a, as a young poor Marine, you could go big out there and have a good time. Yeah. I remember, uh, doing a lot of negotiating, like buying crap in the, uh, in the stores and stuff with, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. 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 I remember there, there was a guy, this is a kind of a side note, but there was a guy, uh, I was hanging out at the bar with the, with this girl, you know, and, um, she starts laughing and I'm like, you know, what's going on? What you laughing at? And she's like, your, your buddy over there, He's making out with a dude. <laughs> there, there's a lot of transvestites out yeah. there too. I got a couple of stories about that, but yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure there's a lot. Yeah, and he, he, you know, they left together too, so uh, <laughs> he probably found out the hard way. Uh, no, no pun intended, but he found, he found out the hard way that she was. Uh, he was packing some yeah. heat as well. So <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, so yeah, we're we're partying, you know. Red Bull vodka was kind of the newest thing that came out at that point. And you could buy a Red Bull out there for like 10 cents and, you know, a fifth of vodka for, you know, a dollar or something like that. So we're going hard, we're partying, you know, and it's like four in the morning now. And we're like, dude, we got to get back on base. And we're, we're hammered, you know, we're, we're young dudes hammered, having a good time. And we're like, all right, we got to get back on so this base. How does, uh, how does, uh, you, so when you guys are sober, you got a you got a young pig that's learning wants to be a hog. How does the uh, interaction go between subordinate and and senior when you're all drunk like that? So it's it's pretty much. I mean, you're you're rankless. You know, like if you're a sergeant as a pig, you may be with a corporal who's a hog, and like the corporal 
you know, in, in this sense would, would like almost outrank you, you know, it's kind of a weird deal, but it's, it's that rite of passage, you know? So like you might have a, a ranks, you know, junior guy, that's kind of your, your mentor, your boss. Um, so we're, I mean, as a, as a, as a pig, you're, you're treated pretty poorly, you know, it's, it's like basically being a private all over again, no matter what your rank is. Like you're, you're going right back to being a boot. And, you know, I was, I was uh two years as an 0311 before I got in and it pretty much, you know, I had a, I was a corporal, I think at, at two year mark squad leader and went right back to scrubbing toilets and, you know, being that guy who's just like at the bottom of the totem pole. So yeah, that the interaction can be a little, you know, stressful at times. If you're a pig, you may not have a choice. <laughs> I guess is what I'm, what I'm saying. So we, we now have to uh, school these, these pigs up on how to infiltrate a base on foreign soil gas canned at four in the morning <laughs> given you know these these guys are like the the royal time marines the guys that are guarding the base they got shotguns with banana clips like they're they're ready to go so it's like it's no joke like you can't you can't just go rolling up there you know and you're either going to get caught violating cinderella liberty and walk on the base like you're supposed to or you can be complete knuckleheads like us and try to break in <laughs> You know, we're, we're stalking through the bushes and, you know, I, I'm pretty sure I was wearing white jeans at the time because they were cool back then. No ghillie suits. Okay. White, white, white jeans were never cool, but I, I think I was probably wearing <laughs> white jeans at the time. Just, you know, trying to look all, you know, dapper for, for Thailand anyway. But yeah, so we're, we're stalking back in and we're, you know, climbing through barbed wire and doing all this stuff, trying to get in, get in this base and going through the brush. And, uh, you know, we, we end up getting inside the base and now we're having the pigs like, all right, you know, I'm kind of hungry. Like I want you to go over to that supply area and go steal some MREs, you know? And, <laughs> you know, so we're, we're just trying to hightail it through this base without being seen, you know, treating it like a stalking exercise for, for all of us basically, but we're teaching these guys at the same time, like, all right, you know, there's a guard over there. We got to get through here. So like, how do we use like the terrain, the micro terrain and the, and, uh, the, the brush to the best of our ability. And we're, we're doing it. I mean, it's like 4am we're sneaking through this base and we, you know, we have them grab some MREs and you're not side note on the MRE thing. I'm sure you remember this too. Like, you know, you do the, uh, MRE head chef where you take chicken and rice and, and like, remember those like dry crackers that came yeah. with it where you do those like eating contests where you're like, Hey man, I, I bet you can't be <laughs> stale, nasty crackers with no with water, water in like one yeah. minute. <laughs> you're not sure you remember doing that. But I used to make the chicken and rice, dry crackers and the jalapenos with cheese and heat it up and mix them together. And I was like, I mean, they all taste like they all taste like dog food, but like that one was not too bad, you know. Anyway, we're we're we crush some MREs. It's like you know four thirty by this time, and uh, you know we had pre-staged our PT gear so we could just change out of our civvies, get into our PT gear, and kind of like just walk in the squad bay like nothing happened, 
You're like, oh, we just woke up. We're getting ready for PT, 0500, whatever. And uh, so, we, so we make it in and we're like, man, like we got this, you know? It's funny in the Marines, uh, like that's not uncommon. People drink all night and they come and they just run three miles or more and then do a full PT session, you know? Yeah, I mean, when you're 20 years old, you can do that. I, you know, I couldn't do that now. But yeah, it'd be brutal. Yeah, at that point in time, you're 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 just good to go. So so we go in, and now it's now it's like 5 a.m. Right, so we roll out to PT, and I'm like, all right, fellas, I think we I think we got it. I think we're good. So uh, we're formed up, and the uh, platoon sergeant comes out, you know, and he's like. He's a staff NCO, you know, he's a little older than the rest of us. The rest of us are like, you know, four years or less. And he's probably got about a decade on at this point. So he's not really hanging with us. He's a little, you know, old school a little bit. And, you know, he's kind of just one of those dudes who's very stoic, I guess would be a good word. And he comes out and he's like, hey, um, Lieutenant needs to talk to you. And he looks right at me. He's like, Lieutenant needs to talk to you. <laughs> Oh crap! Like I'm done, you know. And he's like, "Yeah, you know, he's in his office. You need to go." Now see your him platoon right sergeant now. didn't know anything about what you guys had done. Well, he did. Yeah, I, well, I nobody knew anything. Like he, we were just in formation, and he's like, "Hey, you need to go see the lieutenant." And I'm just like, "Oh man, like we're we're busted, we're screwed." And I and I tell the guys, I'm like, "Hey, this is my idea. You know, I'll I'll take the hit for us. You know, I'll, I'll tell him I made you do it, and this and that." And, and I, I go in. I'm like, all right now. So I, I walk in, and and the uh, the lieutenant's in his office, and I'm like, man, I'm screwed, you know. Like I had, I think I had just promoted to sergeant too, so I'm like, I'm gonna get busted down. Like this sucks. And uh, so I go in, I go into his office, and he's like, seated at he's seated at his desk. He's got like his head in his hands, you know, like kind of like he's got a headache, or you know, it's just like you know, not looking too happy. And, and I walk in and, and he's like, Hey, you're probably wondering why I called you in here. And I'm like, I already know, you know, like I'm, I'm done. And he starts telling me his story of his night. <laughs> right. So I'm like, like what, you know, like what's going on? He's like, Hey, you know, I violated the Cinderella Liberty. I like literally just got here right now. I'm super wasted, and I think the uh, police are looking for me. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm like, whoa! This, 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 like, totally took a turn. Why do you, you think know? he confided in you versus the platoon sergeant? Well, so the platoon sergeant had to go to some meeting, but anyway, so like, so he's he's looking at me, and and I'm like, what? Like, what's happening right now? So I just sit there and I'm quiet. I'm just listening. Right. Cause I, I'm not about to spill the beans on what I just did, but, but he's like telling me like, Hey, you know, I need you to take the platoon. He's like, I violated the Cinderella Liberty. I was out partying. I stole a guy's scooter and I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, I got chased by the cops. I ditched the scooter, ran up the ran up like a flight of stairs. They chased me, and then I ran back down and hopped back on the scooter and like <laughs> literally just drove into the base. <laughs> I'm like, you what? You're like, are you kidding me? So, I'm like, man, what the? I'm like, sir, that's unbecoming of a marine. You should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I didn't. I didn't say that. But but you know, I'm like, hey. Uh, you know, sir, I, I got you, you know, your secret's safe with me. Um, 
don't worry, I won't, I won't say nothing. And he's like, Hey, I need you to take the platoon, you know, platoon sergeant's got a meeting. So he's like, run the day, you know, you got them start with PT, do whatever you want. Here's kind of the schedule, what I want done. He's like, but I got to get out of here. And I'm like, Hey, sir, you can count on me. <laughs> you know, like I'm a responsible fellow. He's like, yeah, I know. You. <laughs> he's like, he's like, yeah, you know, I, I, I know you're a good guy. You got it, man. That's why, why you got promoted and all this stuff. And I'm just like, man, I'm such a, thinking in my head, like I'm such a dirtbag. That's hilarious. But so I come back out and of course I got to mess with the guys, yeah. right? <laughs> they don't know this. Like nobody else knows this. And, uh, so I take them and I'm like, man, we're, we're screwed fellas. And I'm like, Hey, freaking right face. Let's start running. I don't, I'm like, we got to run this out of our system. Part of right that, now. Uh, part of that training to pigs, right. Is psychological stuff too. Right. So you're, you got to play games with them. Yeah. Yeah. I always play mind games with them. You never know what's coming. Uh, but yeah, we took them and I, I ran them up the hill and then, you know, just kind of get out of, the area because there's a lot of brass around and whatnot. Like we're, we're on the, the Thai base with all the other line companies and all that. And I run, run them up this hill <clears throat> and we kind of just go off in the jungle. And then I just tell them like, Hey, I got it handled. Like, don't worry about it, but I got you guys today. Like for, you know, for uh PT and just kind of the schedule of the day. And we're going to go up here and take a nap. <laughs> so we just went in the jungle, got some hammocks, and just knocked out for, for a few hours. But they didn't even know what happened. I just told them I handled it. Um, and they're probably like, man, you're like Teflon. Like, I don't know how you got away with that yeah, one. That's awesome. And uh, I, didn't, I didn't tell them about the, the lieutenant, you know, or his story, just because I, you know, I kept that in confidence with him, you know. But, yeah, it was kind of a, a trip, man. I thought I was done. I thought I was getting demoted and, you know, the whole nine. Yeah, that was one of the, the, the dumber things I've done. Um, looking back on it, that stuff's all fun. But I was, man, I was I was sweating it for a bit there. Well, man, I'm glad you got away with that. I got away with a couple things, too, but uh, we won't talk about that here. But uh, what was the uh, – oh, sorry. Was, was there ever a time when a leader was being an idiot? And the troops got the last laugh. Uh, yeah. So <clears throat> different lieutenant. This guy was kind of more of a square, but this dude was not a sniper. So the one of the lieutenant, the other lieutenant, he actually ended up going through the school and all that. This guy, however, yeah. So so the 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 previous one did not, and we were doing some of the hardest training I've ever done, but in Bridgeport, you remember doing those, uh, those summer packages and winter packages out there. I did one, uh, I did a summer as enlisted and then a winter as an officer. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> we, we did both, both of them. Like we had like the summer was more repelling and, and like, Hiking up super steep mountains. I remember they they had that like 90, 94, 94, I think was. 98, 98, I think. So, yeah, one of those. But it was pretty tall. You know, you're you're up there in the altitude and, and you're doing a lot of the uh, repelling stuff. Remember doing all that? Like you're repelling off cliffs and setting up, you know, systems and whatnot. And then the winter, you'd go out there and you'd do the uh, 
skiing, you know, snowshoeing around, cross-country skiing. And we had a sniper package out there that we did that was brutal. And there was a guy out there, they called him the goat. And, and this guy, he'd throw on 100-pound pack and just run straight up hills. He was like a billy goat. And our lieutenant at the time, who was not a sniper, you know, we're, we're climbing up this hill. And he's, he's up at the front yelling at us like, come on guys, hurry up. And we're, we're struggling. We got tons of weight on, we're carrying on, you know. Was this, uh, was this, uh, after Thailand or before? I think this one might've been before. before. Okay. Were you, were you a scout sniper already? I was. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we're, we're hoofing it up this hill and uh, or this mountain and, and the lieutenant's you know he's he's up there with the with the, the goat guy and he's yelling at us to hurry up and we're just like dude there is no way that he's in better shape than us there's no <laughs> way you know because like we're we're all been through sniper school we're you know we're pretty athletic guys at this point in time you know we're you know we're first class pft and all that hard charging and we're like, there is no freaking way that this dude is beating us up this hill. And we get to the top of the hill. I lift his his pack up, and it's like three pounds. And I, I opened it, and he had a pillow in it, a freaking pillow. And we're, we're we got prick one nineteen radios. We got you know water, food, you know sniper rifles, bunch of ammo. You know, all all this stuff. So we're weighted down. We got like a hundred pounds worth of gear, and this guy's got a freaking pillow in his ruck. You know, we got the the big the big rucks, you know. So uh so you opened his pack and saw that. Right, right. So I saw the pillow in there, and you know, at the time there was no digital cameras or any of that. So I had my little cardboard disposable camera. I'm sure you probably have <laughs> remember having those. Yeah. Can't you can't see what I know it's hard to believe, but you couldn't see the picture that you were taking. You had to look through this little peephole <laughs> <laughs> and you had you had to wait two weeks for it to get developed, you know, before you could actually see what it was. So anyway, we, we I took a picture of me holding up his pack with my pink. Where was he at right at this time? He was I think he was taking a uh, piss or doing okay. something. I don't know. <laughs> he was gone. But I, I'm like, there is no freaking way this guy beat us up here. And I found the reason why is because he had nothing in his pack. So I'm, I'm holding this pack up with my pinky. It's open with a pillow and we take a picture of it. Right. And, uh, put it all back to normal. Didn't say anything. We finished the rest of the, you know, that, that month or whatever that you're up there training. And then, and then I, <laughs> I get the picture printed, you know, cause you, you got to wait. You know, like back in the day, you had to go to a photo development shop or whatever and, and get your picture printed out. And uh, I, I don't know if you remember that movie, but I wrote on the picture, I know what you did last summer. Remember that movie? <laughs> <laughs> and I mailed it to him. You mailed it to him. Put it on his desk. I put it on his desk and, and uh, <laughs> he got that picture and he's probably like never said anything. But I know he got that picture and was like, oh. Yeah. How much longer was he the uh, platoon sergeant? Uh, well, he got promoted to captain and left. Um, he went, you know, got sent to another unit. But, but yeah, we got the last laugh on that one because he probably was like, oh, man, 
You know, these guys, he's up there yelling at us to hurry up, and he's got a freaking pillow in his rucksack. I I had this when I got to the fleet as a platoon commander. I had this – I ran into a couple of my um, captains from – Infantry officers course. They were on. They were on uh, Twenty Nine Palms base doing some training with the next class, and they asked me who my my company commander was. And uh, when I told them, when I told them, they were like, "Oh no!" They were just. They were so so. They were so unhappy for me, and I was like, "Oh, it's all right. It's all right." And they're like, "Well, good luck." <laughs> but yeah i mean it's it's leaders like that that will you know break a break a, a good platoon you know you're supposed to be inspiring guys and instead you're cheating and yelling at them you know and we're we're giving 100 percent, and he's out there yelling at us <clears throat> and he's he's cheating you know so did uh when you took the picture did you show all your all your guys oh yeah yeah, I mean, everybody knew, but we're like, hey, let's just keep this on the down low until we get this picture developed, and then <laughs> we'll write on it. I know, because that was a summer package, so we wrote, I know what you did last summer, and gave that picture. Yeah, well, he couldn't uh, he couldn't face you with it, right? Because, yeah, because then he would get, in, he'd get his butt reamed by his superiors because... Everybody yeah. else, and everybody else, because we all knew it. And it just made him look like a weak leader, you know. I've been using Isogenics since 2017. These products have made a world of difference in my quality of life, health, energy, muscle definition, strength, and endurance. My bread and butter products have been the daily essential multivitamins with Isogenesis, which is a telomere support supplement, the Isolane meal replacement shake, the Tri-Release protein shake, the collagen, the green drink, and the Cleanse for Life support system. However, Isogenics has many products and can cater to your unique lifestyle and goals. Click the link in the show notes or visit nmp.isogenics.com. That's nmp.isagenix.com to find out more. Besides just using the products, there is an option to partner with me and the company to build your own business with no capital up front. You can do as little as pay for your products and as much as making a full-time income. I love these products and will use them the rest of my life. You can also message me if you have any questions. Did you ever see anyone throw up, mess their pants while running in formation or during a fitness test? I, I Stuff like that happened all the time. I mean, I remember guys puking and crapping themselves and doing all that stuff uh, pretty pretty regularly in the Marines. It's like, it's kind of funny, like grown men and vomiting and, you know, pooping themselves on runs and whatnot. Uh, there was there was one that that happened to me though that was uh, kind of embarrassing, um, but it's 
it's uh you know I'll I'll throw it out there. I don't care. I'm willing to clown myself. So we were in uh, we were in Okinawa and we're doing that the uh, JWTC. Remember that the Jungle Warfare Training Center? Yeah, that was uh, that was up north, right? I believe so. Yeah. So while I was over there, you know, I'm at Schwab, and my wisdom teeth were growing out, you know, sideways or something, and I had to get them extracted. I remember that, dude. You look like a, uh, I told my daughters about that. You look like a chipmunk with your both your sides. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, I mean, it was brutal. I, you know, I, I love Navy doctors and all that, but good Lord. Like, so they didn't knock me out or nothing. They, I remember, uh, they're like, yeah, bring, bring some music. You know, it's kind of, it's going to be a long day. Cause I had to get all four pulled out and, uh, you know, I had my disc man, so that kind of dates us. <laughs> but I had my, my disc man, so I got the disc man playing and the only CD you, you only well the disc man, you got one CD, that's it. You know, there it's not like MP3 player like you got now, but so I had Rage Against the Machine. That was that was my choice of of music to bring while I get my whole ma- mouth hacked to pieces. <laughs> so it was not fun. But they they basically what to me looked like a Gerber made some X's on my gums with this, with his knife. And then basically took a chisel and a hammer, broke my teeth, up, <laughs> broke my teeth up in my mouth and then plucked them out with a set of pliers and put them all on my chest. You know, that's what they did to me too. I only got two out, but it was the same thing. Yeah. 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 I did all four at once and they did the, man, my, there was like blood and a bunch of like pulpy bone fragments all over my chest. And I'm sitting here listening to rage against the machine and I'm like, man, well, what the heck is going on? <laughs> this, is the best, this is the best pair we got out here, you know? So I'm doing that. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking like, okay, I'll, I'll at least get a couple days off so I can heal, you know? And I'm at in the rack, you know, they gave me some Percocet and whatever for, uh, for my mouth and, you know, some Motrin or something to stop the swelling. Well, that, none of that worked. I mean, you remember how I looked, my whole face. Yeah, was black and up. blue, everything. It was bad. Yeah. You know, so I thought, I thought we were going to, I thought I was going to get at least a few days off to recover, but it is the Marine Corps, so they're like, nope, get out there. You're going on a field op, and, and you're going to go hump through the jungle and sleep in freaking, you know, mosquito-infested tent in the middle of nowhere, right? So we're doing all that. So I'm, I'm trying to pack my stuff up. I'm high off Percocet. I don't know what's going on. So I go out, and we're, I think we're doing like a one-week op. And guess who forgot to pack extra underwear? <laughs> Me. <laughs> it's like I was so I was so doped up on all the painkillers that I just wasn't, you know, I wasn't packing right, whatever. So we get out there and I'm like, crap, man, I only got one pair of chones this whole week, you know, and and I got like that dry socket thing. I'm humping through the forest or through the jungle with this pack on and all this stuff spitting blood out and i'm in i'm just not having a good good time i got i got uh the salt from the mres i was trying to you know 
cleanse my mouth out. So I'm mixing it with water, trying to gargle it so I don't get that dry socket and get a nasty infection. But I already was pretty jacked up. I mean, my whole head will swell up. So <clears throat> I got one pair of chones for this whole week. And we're out there. And, you know, I'm like, all right, I'm going to be good. You know, I think, I'm, I think I got this. And, you know, I'm doing the thing where you take your underwear and, you, you know, it starts to get a little nasty and you turn it around. And then you flip it inside out and wear it a day. And then you turn it around again and wear it for another day. And and the only thing out there, you know, like when you got to go drop a deuce in the middle of the jungle and you're like, man, I didn't even pack any toilet paper. Either. So you got the little MRE napkins. You know that? Yeah. A little square. You got like a square yeah, of yeah. napkins. And so <laughs> I have been eating, you know, whatever – Food they had out there. It was never, never enough for MRE crabs, dude. Not even close. You know, I got, I got like one of the last days. I got like mud. (laughs) So I got this little, this little square, you know, square toilet paper, and that's it, right? And I blow through that in like the (laughs) I blow through that thing in like one wipe. It's saturated, you know. It's like destroyed. And like, bro, what am I going to do? So I, you know, I keep, I keep, keep on keeping on. And you can just feel that nasty five day old chill that's been flipped inside out and flipped backwards and all that. And by this time, this thing is just like, it's like Velcro in my crack, dude. It's terrible. It's like dried up and just like, you know, like paper mache. I mean, you could probably throw it at the wall and it would have cracked. <laughs> it's amazing like after after a week or two in the field man it just everybody stinks so bad man it's just you're just dank so the last day i'm like just done with these things and and uh so i take the front of my drawers right and i lift them up like i'm still wearing my camis and i don't want to drop trowel because you got your boots on and all that stuff I'm like, I got to get rid of these things, you know? So we're, we're hiking and my, like, it's like pretty much Velcroed to my butt now. <laughs> it's like taping and just like foul. So I lift the front of it up, right? <clears throat> I lift the front of it up. So like the little holes, you know, like are showing and, and I take my knife and just cut one leg, leg hole and then cut the other leg hole. And then just rip the whole thing straight up in the air. And it's just like, it's like Velcro. It's just like, yeah. And it's just like the the nastiest tie-dyed mess you've ever seen, man. It was freaking foul. Oh man. Um and I just, you know, I was I was uh You just had enough. I'm done. I was free balling the rest of the day. I went commando the rest of the uh the op, dude. It was it was foul. Man. I think I uh, I think I I did commando a few times because I'm like, man, I just, I got to get these off. It's bad. So it just felt so much better to go commando after, after getting those, you know, week, two week old undies off. Yeah. But that, that was my patented move, man. Just, you know, cut one leg hole, cut the other leg hole and just lift them straight up like, like a reverse wedgie. And the whole thing just, whing, <laughs> just, cut, the whole thing just came right off. I'm like, I didn't have to drop my pants or nothing. I'm like, these things, 
I mean, man, talk about a battle flag. I'm like, these things are foul. <laughs> uh, they, they're somewhere in Thailand. Oh, my now. gosh, dude. In the jungle. Rotten. <laughs> you, you know what's funny? <laughs> I told my son that story, right? And uh, I said, <laughs> you know, he's always running around in his underwear anyway. He's a little kid. But I told my son that story. And the other day, we're at a, we're at a, some hotel somewhere. We were gone for a few days on a, on a vacation and he's running around and he's got a skid mark on the outside of his underwear. And I'm like, I'm like, boy, what's, what are you doing? Man? What's up with your underwear? And he's like, I only packed one undie daddy. And I just did like you did in your story. <laughs> you know, so he flipped it around and he had like a, a little, a little turd stain on the outside of his underwear. And I'm like, Oh, he's man. running around in inside out undies. Inside out undies with a little a little skid mark on the outside. And he's like, Yeah, I did just like you did, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you're like, what did I do? Why did I tell him that? I created a yeah. monster. I uh in boot camp I <clears throat> I got sick of doing the laundry because they you know, they would uh make you wash your clothes inside the what are they called? What was the bag that we had? What's the name that we used? Uh, laundry bag. It's I forget what it's called. Anyway. So anyway, they'd make us pack all of our, all of our camis and under, underwear and uh, well, skivvy drawers, I guess, to be proper and socks and stuff. And they would put as many as they, they would pack as many of those bags inside a washing machine as possible. Is that what they did in your boot camp? Yep, yep, I remember doing that. So, and then they'd wash them, but then they they would dry them the same way, which clothes aren't going to dry like that. So, you get your clothes back and they're all wet and they're not clean because they can't possibly wash good like that. So, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, the ones in the middle don't get clean yeah. at all. They're just kind of tied together. Yeah. So, I got tired of, I got tired of, uh, doing it like that. And I thought, I'm just going to, wear the same underwear for two weeks, man. I'm not going to, well, I don't think I had like a two week plan. I think I just said, I'm going to wear them. And, uh, <laughs> I just, I only lasted two weeks. Cause I had some, some of my recruit fellow recruits are like, dude, you got to change your underwear, man. You stink so bad. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, they were, they were nasty. They were nasty, but you got to do what you got to do to survive. But Anyway, well, well, do you have any time for another question, or do you? Uh, yeah, yeah. For sure. So let me. Uh, I know that you had some time to think about those others, but let me uh, find another one here that maybe is there. Is there a situation in uh, your firefighting career that? Um, Maybe a a person that you came across that you respond. Maybe a situation you responded to where where the person had contraband, or um, maybe like uh, a dumb criminal that you were involved with, or something like that. Dumb criminal. I'm trying to think. 
Um, I mean, there's guys hiding stuff in uh, what you would call the the old prison wallet. Well, yeah, what's a prison wallet? <laughs> That's basically keystering it. Hiding oh, your, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're, you know, like, oh, I, I slipped in the shower and, you know, landed on this this uh, bottle of shampoo and now it's stuck. And you're like, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Whatever. I don't need to believe your story. We all know what happened. Like, all right, get in the ambulance. It's good. Let's get going. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of stuff like that, man. Um, yeah, nothing really ring, rings a bell, but we had a guy – he he had a a shirt through a lock, and, and apparently that's a felony. I actually just learned this, but they use it almost like a ball and chain. Like you remember, like blanket parties, where you throw a bar of soap in a sock, and it's like a little ball and chain. So this guy basically had the same thing. He had a, a shirt through like a pretty burly padlock, and uh, apparently that's that's a considered a concealed weapon so just learned that one but yeah you know you got to be careful about some of these guys when you load them up you know especially for the younger firefighters and whatnot like we'll pat them down first if they're if they look like they could be sketchy uh usually get a sheriff or something out there just to make sure that that everything's good to go so they so he had a lock inside a shirt that he was hiding so he could use it as a weapon later in case he needed it Right. So imagine if, you know, like the part of the lock that would go around like the clasp part that you'd put through like a fence or whatever, or like two chains. So you, you put um, the shirt through that part. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, so you can, you hold like both ends of the shirt and this, this thing's on this, you know, heavy piece of metals on the other side. I mean, if you got hit in the head with that, like you're, you're done. I mean, that, that's a, it's a little bit gnarlier than a bar of soap and a sock, but it's pretty much the same idea, you know. So that was one that happened last week. And I'm like, hey, you can't have that. I'm like, take it apart, you know. And uh, you know, we, we had him hop in the ambulance like that. And you know, I didn't I didn't take the whole thing from him because he's a homeless guy, but I was like, Hey, you can't you can't have that. Come on. And the it's like, Yeah, that's a he's like, that could be a felony. He's like, I'm letting you go because he wasn't he wasn't being aggressive with us or anything. He's probably just using it for his own protection. And I get it. That dude's on the street, so you know, I feel for those guys, but not having to bring that in my ambulance, that's for sure. <laughs> well, I'll ask you one more. Uh what was the most painful experience in training or on the job that everyone laughed about later? Oh man. You know, I'd probably say SEER school. So POW school, uh, SEER is survival, evasion, resistance, and escape. It was basically POW training. And uh, I went through, I don't know, about two decades, maybe even a little longer than that ago. And and uh, they still did waterboarding at that point. I guess they stopped doing that now. A buddy of mine ran the SEER school for a number of years. I met him way after I got out, but he told me, he's like, yeah, we stopped that, stopped doing waterboarding a while back. But I remember getting waterboarded and uh, that was not fun. Um, I was like, yeah, you know, here's my plan. 
I'm going to hold my breath and pretend <laughs> like I'm dead. <laughs> and then they'll stop because they'll think I'm dead. And I'm not, I mean, I'm not the best swimmer. I can't hold my breath very long. So I last about, about 10, 20 seconds on that thing. And I'm like, all right, now I'm going to fake like I'm dead. And I stopped moving. And they just kept going, man. They just kept pouring that stuff. <laughs> like, oh. You know, like, I really can't breathe now. So I start flipping out and I'm shaking on that. I actually passed out on Oh, me. man. Yeah. Woke up. And, like, for those of you who've never seen a waterboard, it's like the one that they had me on was almost like a decline sit-up bench that you're taped down on. So you can't move anything. You can't move your head. You can't move your arms, your legs, nothing. And they put this towel over your face that's wet and you can barely even breathe through the towel but once you start dumping the water on the towel because it's covering your nose and your mouth and you're kind of inverted you know you're you're on the decline part of it um it just goes right up your nose and right in your mouth and and like you try to take a breath and you're just inhaling water and it's it's uh it's brutal it sucked so I, I, I'm like freaking out, pretending I'm dead, and then like going berserk, and then I actually pass out. And I, w- I wake up, and this guy's freaking hitting me in the back. <laughs> you know, I'm just thinking I'm just getting my butt kicked again. And uh, <clears throat> I start throwing up all this water. So how did they – so you were strapped in, and then they were waterboarding, and you passed out, and then he was hitting on your back. Did they unstrap you or – yeah, yeah, they 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 took me out of it because they're like, oh, I think this dude really did pass out, <laughs> you know, because I was I don't remember anything after that, and I just remember kind of being on my hands and my knees, and some guy hit me in the back, and then throwing up all this water, and I'm just like, what the hell is going? Like, dude, this school is crazy, you know, and uh, <clears throat> and they, uh, so I'll, I'll, I'm in there with a, another. Uh, buddy of mine from the same platoon. He's a, he's a sniper as well. And, and he's, he's a big dude, man. He's like, he's like your size. And they, they have another little technique that they do to, to try to break you where they, they throw you in this box, right? It's like a pretty small box. And then they, they shut the box, box made out of wood and they lock it. Have you ever seen, uh, you ever seen zero dark 30? Yeah, I think they have that on there where they put those terrorists inside the box or whatever. And yeah, yeah, it sucks. And I, you know, I'm I'm a smaller dude, so it wasn't the worst thing for me. I'm like, you know, but my buddy in there, I mean, he's a he's a big cat. He's you know he's he's like you know six three, freaking two two hundred some odd two fifty. Like he's a big boy, you know, and he's in there and he's uh. He's freaking out because he can't move anything. His head's like smashed between his legs or whatever. Like he's even a pretzel in there. He's like like one of them circus dudes. And he's in there and he's freaking out. He's screaming and and I'm out, I'm like stretching, taking a nap. <laughs> but I can hear the wood creaking. He's like, oh, he's like trying to. I'm like, bro, go to your happy place, man. Just chill. Just try to try to relax. You got to be calm. <laughs> you know, I'm just like. <laughs> When they're like stretched out, like, oh, it's kind of nice. No one's, no one's hitting me right now. This is kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, he was not having a good time. But that was one of those things that that sucked, man. I mean, it was, it was, it sucked at the time. But when you look back on it, it's like, oh, you know, I I got through that, man. That was cool. Like it was, it's one of those things. Just like anything, those things make you you, you tougher, you know. 
Pain is weakness leaving the body, as they say. I share that with my my daughters, and we look back on a lot of hard hard times we've had as a family or uh, in the family, and me sharing those experiences that hey, you know, hardships actually make you grow stronger, like you said, and then you actually can laugh about it later. My girls can now laugh about hardships and difficulty that we've had because they they have that perspective and it it helps, you know. Yeah, man. I got a couple little quick stories I'll just tell. This is kind of good for a laugh. Uh, so one of them uh, just, just came to me. One of them, we were, we were in boot camp, right? And our, like, do you remember at the right before you went to sleep, you had to do those little hygiene inspections and you're sitting there in your whitey tidies in front of everybody, you know, and they, you go like, you know, you, they check your nails and your feet and like make sure that you don't have you know, some gnarly fungus or, you know, black and blue spots all over the place or something like that. So you, you had to do this thing and I forgot what the lingo was. It was like, you like snap and you like look one way and you're like this, this recruit has no hygiene problems or some, some, right. You kind of remember that. And then you like, you flip your hands over and look the other way and they kind of look you over. <clears throat> so we had this one, this one cat in the, in the uh, platoon and boot camp, and he was, he was a bit of a food blister, you know, a little overweight, redhead, freckled kid. And uh, <laughs> the drill instructor goes up to him and, you know, it's his turn. And he's like, you know, snap, blah, blah, blah. This, this recruit has no whatever personal, pro, you know, hygiene problems, whatever. And just rips the gnarliest part. Dude. <laughs> just blows it up. And this thing's rank, dude. It is foul. And, and the, the drill instructor... You know, he's – I would have lost it, man, because, you know, I, I, I probably would have just started cracking up. But he's, like, completely straight-faced. He's like, everybody come here. He's like, it's the whole platoon. He's like, everybody come here and vacuum this up. And we're like, what? Yeah. Like, vacuum it up. Dude. And he's like, inhale that fart and blow it out the window. That was that was the vacuum, dude. So so all of us are running over, and it's just, it's just like the, I mean, this is the nastiest, you know, swamp ass part I've ever smelled, and we got to run over to this, cl- you know, pungent cloud of just anus, and inhale it, and go run over to the window and blow it out. And the guy, the, the, the drill instructor, had us in a single file line running in circles. Inhaling a fart and blowing it out the window. And that's how we that's how we vacuumed it up. Dude, that's funny, but the funniest part is that the drill instructor can just hold a straight face through that. You know, it's yeah. I mean those guys are those guys are cut from a different cloth. I always respect those guys, but like man, that to have that much bearing that just straight face be like vacuum it up. Like, Boom, and we just go run through and Man, just inhale this swamp swamp ass. Oh, it is, it is disgusting. The guys are gagging, you know, just like trying to not throw up. They're running, they're running and trying to blow it out the window. Dude, the boot camp, the boot camp farts are awful, man. They're the worst. Yeah, you know, it's like it's a time that sucks, but you also look back on the some of that stuff. And you're like, yeah, that was that was funny, man. Some of the stuff was fun, you know. Yeah, you got to take the good with the bad. I wouldn't wouldn't trade it for the world. 
Right. Absolutely. And then one one last one. Uh, we're uh, we're doing some training out in Yuma or somewhere. I don't know. We're doing some like sniper thing, and uh, we're doing we're doing some training out there and it was kind of a little bit lax cause we're, we're just on our own, like as a sniper unit. So we're having a, a campfire right in the middle of the desert. <clears throat> and one of the guys, you know, we start jamming them up a little bit, you know, throwing some blows his way and, and, and kind of beating him down a little bit. And he gets, he gets pissed. Right. <clears throat> and he grabs a freaking 200 round bandolier of saw ammo. And it's, it's, they're, they're blanks, but, and he, he hucks it in the fire and we didn't know what it was. He just hucks this thing in the fire and then bolts. And then it's just like, go, 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 go. Like 200 rounds are going, going off. And we're like, oh my gosh, everybody hits the deck. Stuff's blowing up everywhere. And, uh, our, our platoon started that same guy that I was telling you about kind of stoic guy. He gets smacked in the head with something. And uh, a week or so goes by, and it's starting to get infected. So now he's got this, like, giant unicorn zit-looking thing on his forehead, right? And, and uh, you know, he's, he's pissed off at this dude. He's like, man, what were you thinking? You know, like, he, this guy, surprisingly, again, didn't get ridden up or nothing, you know, but, but he, got, he probably got pulled outside behind the shed and, you know, thrashed a bunch. But so like a week goes by and the uh, platoon sergeant's, you know, trying to get the pus out. He's in front of his mirror, squeezing this giant freaking unicorn mountain of a zit he's got on his forehead. And guess what pops out of it? A freaking primer. <laughs> a primer for, the, for the, 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 the round popped right out of his forehead. The primer had shot right, right in his forehead. <laughs> his did, uh, did he just tell everybody about that or did he... Did he- yeah, no, he, he he's like, yeah, he's like, what do you think this is, you know? And he he actually had and he it. told the story. And it, yeah. yeah, and he's like, yeah, it's a primer from this this knucklehead through through the whole bandolier. That's crazy. I remember guys doing dumb stuff like that, man. I mean, you know, cooking coffee with C four. I don't know if you guys ever did that, but you know, C four, you can light it on fire, just don't step on it. <laughs> just don't step on it. Yeah, you guys used to cook coffee with that or, you know, like kicking mortar fins and 29 palms. Like, come on, fellas. <laughs> Throwing hobbies in each other's tents and whatnot. In the scout sniper platoons, are they are the platoon sergeants always a scout sniper or are they kind of like the lieutenants too? They just kind of put a staff in there when, when they need them? Or... So, so this guy was not a sniper. He was like a fast, he was a fast company guy. So it's more of just fill a leadership role primarily, but if if they can get a scout sniper in there, then that's ideal. Yeah, it's ideal because those guys know the school and they know how to, you know. Ideally, if you're going to be giving the orders to the guys, you should have a good, a solid understanding of like what they can do, their capabilities. You know. Well, thanks so much for sharing and being here with me. Is thanks for making me laugh. Yeah, I think I think what you're doing's good, man. I, I I like that uh you know, we can put something out that, you know, I know a lot of a lot of vets are hurting, you know, uh you and I just both lost a a good friend. Um and and there's a lot of guys out there that are 
that are hurting, man. So I think it's good for guys to be able to hear stories like this and, and kind of look back on their, their time in the service with, uh, and remember some of the good stuff, you know, there's a lot of bad stuff. There's a lot of guys that are dealing with some, some crazy stuff with PTSD and whatnot. And, uh, you know, you got to take the good with the bad. And I think this is something positive that we can share with, uh, the rest of our brothers and sisters out there. And, and hopefully, you know, give them a laugh and maybe, you know, if they're feeling like crap, they can hear some of these stories and, and remember some of the good times that they had. Cause I'm sure a lot of this stuff will remind guys of, you know, stupid things they did or saw other guys do and, and get a good laugh out of it. So I really appreciate what you're doing, man. I think it's great. I appreciate that. Thanks for, thanks for being here. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Thank you for listening. Please tell your friends and family so that we can bring more joy and awareness to those struggling with suicide ideation and the families who desperately need help after the loss of someone they love to suicide.